You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, UFC on ESPN 12 is officially in the books. And what a wild event it was from the Apex in Las Vegas. And it ended with an all-time classic in the lightweight division in the main event. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the UFC on ESPN 12 post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, being joined by Jose Youngs. Jose, what an outstanding main event. The card was wacky and zany (laughs) in so many different ways from start to finish. This is the first question I normally have for Alex Kaylee when we do these post-fight shows, but how would you grade this one from start to finish? Um... That is an excellent question. In terms of, are we grading it in a letter grade, at a, yeah. from from like a, a, a to F? I'd I'd give it a a, a minus B plus. In terms of like, I feel like every I can I I I judge the fight cards based on if I can remember every single fight, or if I can remember at least moments of every single fight, then it's, it was a good fight card. I'd say I'd say A minus is, is a very fair grade. I think I'm with you on that. But I mean, the main event clearly puts it over the top. It turns right. it from a B to an A minus, and I think the word unexpected is a very appropriate word in a lot of cases. But it, it, we'll talk more about that later on. But it, it was just a lot of fun. But Jose, let's get right to the main event. Dustin Poirier gets a hard fought decision win <laughs> over Dan Hooker. What an incredible freaking fight that was! You know. We talk about like the echo from shots landed in the empty arena, and you hear it from time to time. But this fight in particular, this is like clapping over and over again. So give us your thoughts on 25 minutes of supreme violence in the Apex tonight. It's we, we, if, if Zhang Wiley versus uh, Yoani and Jajic doesn't happen, this is the best fight of the year. But I feel like that happens. Like all of these Apex cards have had these, like, we've had the, the Spike Carlisle-Quintillo uh, Qu- fight. We had the Shane Burgos-Josh Emmett fight. Now we have, like, poor A.V. Hooker. So it's like the, the trend is there where just because there's no fans there in the, 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 small, in the small octagon, you're going to get these epic wars. And I think all of us agreed leading into this fight, this is by far the best main event we've had in terms of competitiveness of these Apex cards. Because, yes, Amanda Nunes fought in the main event. Gilbert Burns. Woodley was awesome. But, like, just on paper... This, we had this circled. Like, I don't care. I, I'm going to say it again. I don't care what the stakes were. I don't care if it was in an arena with no fans or 70,000 fans. I don't care if it was 25 minutes. I don't care if it's five minutes. Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker 
you knew was going to be just insanity. It was going to be a buzzsaw versus a wood chipper in there. Uh, and they delivered with flying colors. One of the best fights I have ever seen. One of it's, it's not even like, would you, it's hard to say like if it's the best lightweight fight of the year, because like Gaethje Ferguson was also great, but I kind of put it above that because it was just so close back and forth. while Gaethje kind of turned the corner at the end and dominated by the end. So, uh, unbelievable, lightweight fight in, in a division that's been so stacked for so long. I think this sits right up there with best fights at 155 pounds. Gaethje Ferguson and Poirier Hooker, like there's arguments for both because they're both like sure. two totally different fights. Like Gaethje was just so violent in that fight and he was landing so many shots and Tony Ferguson just walked through them all. And we were just fascinated by the whole thing. And I'll do like, you, I'll do you one better. This might not even be – there's arguments that this isn't even Dustin Poirier's best fight. Like his fight against Justin Gaethje, uh, his fight against Max Holloway, like his fight against now Dan Hooker. Like Dustin Poirier has cemented himself as one of the most exciting fighters that we've seen in a long time. Like of his generation, Dustin Poirier has to be one of the most – like he's never in a bad fight ever. Uh, even if he loses, at least it's like, yes, that shows like the Habib fight maybe wasn't as exciting, but he at least he, he showed game in that. He got that guillotine. Yeah, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's a guillotine. It wasn't like that just shows how good Habib is. Dustin Poirier is one of the most exciting fighters of his generation. So uh, and Hooker, his his win over Dan Hooker is just another notch uh, on his mantelpiece for just fight of the year candidates. He's a great fighter. And. He's an even better human being, which which just it's a full package. Now the inaugural winner of the Forrest Griffin uh, Community Award, I believe it was, is what it's called. And there's no one more deserving of that award than Dustin Poirier. And there's no one more deserving of being a, a co-member of the fight of the night after that in- incredible fight with with Dan Hooker. And of course, in the records, there's there's a winner and there's a loser. And Dustin Poirier was the winner. But this is one of the fi- those fights that the stocks of both guys Oh, yeah. Definitely rose. Like, Dan Hooker proved that he is an upper echelon guy in a loaded division. And I think Justin Gaethje said it best. Dan Hooker deserves a seat at the big dog table, does he not? Oh, 100%. I mean, Justin Gaethje said he was going to go get murked. And not only did he not go get murked, he he won the first two rounds. Like, we were debating, like, what, who won what rounds. Like, the official scorecards had... It was 2-2 going into the fifth with Dan Hooker winning the first two and then Dustin Poirier pulling out the last three. So it was basically uh, like Dan Hooker just needed to win one more round and we would be talking about how Dan Hooker has emerged as a legitimate contender. Yes, he still is a legitimate contender, but like you said, there are winners and losers. Uh, I think Dan Hooker proved a lot of, including myself, uh, naysayers wrong, where I did pick Dustin Poirier to win. I knew this was going to be a violent fight, but I was at his fight against Edson Barbosa. I sat, sat in that arena uh, in Milwaukee and uh, Dan Hooker, his body just gave out on him. It's not like Dan Hooker wasn't tough. Like we saw him trying to fight and his body just shut down. So uh, I, I was, I was not worried. Not worried is not the right word because these are professional fighters. Uh, I was, I had questions whether his body could handle 25 minutes against a violent fighter of Dustin Poirier's caliber. Because, yes, Paul Felder is a phenomenal fighter, but he is a much more technical uh, martial artist, and Dustin Poirier is just violence personified. So I, was, I had questions personally how Dan Hooker's body would hold up, and my God, did he answer those questions with flying colors. Absolutely, and I think we know what should be next for Poirier, a date with Tony Ferguson way down I love the line. It. Yeah, I love it. November, December, that, that's the fight that has to be made. Hopefully at the end of the year. Like, let these five guys rounds. Yes. Hopefully five rounds. 
Yeah, I mean, even if I, I don't care if you want to invent another title, I'm totally okay with that. But sure. Dan Hooker, he's got to have another big fight heading his way at some point. But it's going to be interesting to see how things sort of align at the end of the year when we talk about like the fight of the year. Because obviously, like Zhang Wei Li versus Yuani and Jacek, that one sticks out in our minds. It's one of those unforgettable fights. But this one is is right there. I don't know if it overtakes it, but it'll be interesting to see how people people look at it t- at the end of 2020. It was an incredible fight. If I had a hat, I would take it off to both guys. But the co-main event, we have Mike Perry, who (laughs) shut everybody up with a disciplined performance, an intelligent performance, had his girlfriend in his corner. He did. She did exactly what he said he would do. She shouted out the occasional cheering moment, but gave him ice, gave him water. And Mike Perry is very happy with what she did. He gets back in the win column, gets a unanimous decision win over Mickey Gall. This fight... Did not play out the way most expected it to. But overall, were you surprised with how this fight played out? No, not really. Uh, I, I, I'd be more surprised that he, he 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 did so well in the grappling, I should say. But I still would fa- I still am in the camp that Mickey Gall is a better uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner, but Mike Perry is just stronger. He's just a physically stronger human being. So, like, Mickey Gall would shoot him for takedowns and go for these like these transitions and everything, and Mike Perry was just, just big-brothered him. It's like, yeah, you're younger. You're... Your son could be a black belt. If you outweigh him by 200 pounds, you could probably still body him around. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, yeah, he's going to be a better grappler. Uh, but Mike Perry just just pushed him. Like, there were moments where Mickey Gall was, like, shooting for a takedown. And Mike Perry's defense was just, I am stronger than you. And just, like, would shove him away. Uh, so, no, I wasn't overly surprised. I picked Mike Perry to win. Uh, I, I said at the beginning of this uh, in our preview show that I just think Mike Perry's fought higher caliber opponents, uh, has seen more uh, in the octagon. I just think he has more tools to win, uh, and he showed that in here. I am surprised uh, at, at the adjustments he's made and how uh, having no coach play like didn't really play a factor for this fight. I don't know if it would have. I don't know if he fought anyone else. Uh, if he would have had the same success, because like he said in there uh, at his post-fight press conference, he was lucky to have Mickey Gall. Because he didn't need advice in that fight, he just went out there and beat him up for for 15 minutes. So, uh, but yeah, I wasn't overly surprised with how Mike Perry performs because he's he's been in the UFC. What his debut was UFC 202 on like short notice too. So yeah, wasn't surprised. He's such a wild man most of the time. He's that... a wild card. He's the definition yeah. of a wild card. Hundred percent. And this is obviously will be a fight that Mickey Gall will grow from. You saw mm-hmm. leaps and bounds improvements in the striking. He caught Perry a couple of times. Didn't really hurt him or rock him or anything, but but he was scoring on the feet. But for Mike Perry, I, th- I think he showed a lot of things tonight. He showed a, a lot of composure. He really did. I, I thought the post-fight interview with John Anik was, was fantastic. It was an A-plus. The media awesome. scrum was great. And to me, yeah, he didn't have the highlight reel knockout that people may have expected him to have when fighting a guy like Mickey Gall. If he was going to win, most people expected Mike Perry to finish him, but this is a very, very good night for Platinum Mike Perry, was it not? 100%. I mean, uh, he was on a two-fight losing streak. He's lost three of four. There is our, like, but people, like, losses are losses, but, like, look at the losses. Like, Vicente Luque was a split. Just beat, gets beat by Jeff Neal fair and square. Vicente Luque was a split, uh, and then Dalceroni taps him. So it's like he's not losing to quote-unquote bums. And he he beat that Cowboy Oliveira in an awesome fight. And then he beats Mickey Gall in an awesome performance. So uh, Mike Perry, 
what did I say going into this? Even if he loses, he can't lay an egg. He needs an exciting fight, but he won and he dominated. This is exactly the the only thing that could be better than this if you just went there and destroyed him in the first round, uh, uh, Mickey Gall in the first round. Then that would have been the best case scenario. But I think uh, seeing Mike Perry fight him there intelligently for 15 minutes will do wonders for him in the eyes of fans. Mike Perry's talking about training with Yoel Romero. That can yeah. only make you better and stronger in a lot of different ways. And he said. He wants to go up to 185 and fight Darren Till. So, of course, we would all love to um, see this fight. We've all wanted to see this fight for a long time. Is Mike Perry the biggest Robert Whitaker fan right now? Because if Darren Till beats Robert Whitaker, they're not going to make Mike Perry versus Darren Till. It's just not going to happen. No, well, didn't you, hear, didn't you hear Mike Perry? If he sees Darren Till, he's fighting. <laughs> so, you say he might he might be not a big Robert Whitaker fan. Like, What makes you think Darren Till and Mike Perry are going to be fighting inside an octagon? That's what I have That's to ask. a great point. That is a great point. Is that so? That's that's your fight, or uh, let, let's think a little more realistically here. What would you like to see next for Mike Perry? I think Darren Till would be cool if they can somehow find a way to make that fight happen. They will. I just, I'd say the chances are pretty slim, unless like all these factors just fall into place at the right time. In terms of if if he wants to stay a welterweight, wow, that is tough. Because he's not ranked, so it's not like you can look at 15. I'm trying to look up the, up, up the rankings. But we do this because I should have done that before. I got a, uh, I got a perfect one that you're going to probably uh, hit with. Nico Price. Does Nico Price have a fight? No, he just fought. That he had a, he's coming off a loss, but... I know, he, he just had, lost to Vicente Luque. But. Yeah, in a crazy-ass fight. I think Mike Perry versus Nico Price makes, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm 100% in favor for that. Yeah, you're right. That, that's the answer. That is the only. Now that's the thing I want to see. Yeah, and that's a you know whatever happens between Mike Perry and Darren Till. Hopefully, maybe Mike Perry will go to 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 Fight Island and and be on site. Maybe he'll corner somebody else on that card so that we get to see those two guys sort of uh, meet face to face. But there are a lot of finishes on this card tonight. You got, of course, Poirier versus Hooker was the fight of the night. That's no surprise to anybody. Performance of the night went to the twenty year old Kay Hansen, the youngest female fighter on the roster and the returning Julian Juicy J. Arosa. 50 G's for yeah. each of them. Yeah. Did the UFC get this right in your opinion with so many great finishes on the card? You knew this question oh. was coming. I mean, I knew Julian I had if when when we did our our post fight press conference show, I said Poirier Hooker was a lock for fight of the fight of the fight of the night. Uh, I had Julian Arosa winning just for the storyline and how awesome that submission was, like the snap down Dars, like the standing Dars uh, snap down uh, to beat Sean Woodson, who was a massive favorite. I personally liked Maurice Green's submission over Gian Vellante a little more, considering it was uh, arm triangle from the bottom at heavyweight. Uh, his, if you like stories, the storyline is there too. Kay Hansen was awesome. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, her story is great. I think the fact that she's, she gave props to Ronda Rousey and then Ronda Rousey tweeted about her definitely played a factor in her getting a bonus. Uh, so I don't want to say they're wrong because at the end of the day, there's really no wrong answer with all these awesome submission wins. But personally, I think Maurice Green's arm triangle from the bottom is more impressive than Kay Hansen's arm bar. When you have a card like this with so many memories that we've all talked about, a lot of fights and fighters, they're going to get overlooked here. Like Brandon Allen versus Kyle Dawkins, 
That was an awesome fight. And I thought that yeah. fight was lined a little ridiculously. I think Brandon Allen was like a minus three forty favorite or something like that. Yeah, Maybe it wasn't that high, but it was it was he was a high favorite. I thought that should have been lined closer. And Kyle Dawkins, tough as nails. That was a really, really good fight. Rosa Woodson was was a ton of fun. Kama Worthy, what a great win over Luis Pena. We were all talking about that one and then the main oh, yeah. card began and you know, it was kind of like an afterthought. Unfortunately, he finishes the fight in the third round, submits Luis Pena. Like, who the hell thought that was going to happen? Takashi Sato with a great finish. Tana Bozier with a great finish. Yusuf Zalal improves to 2-0. and A lot to like on this car. What sort of stuck out to you from the from the earlier prelims? Um, well, Ken Worthy's obviously was a big one. I think I've, I've noticed a trend, and uh, he did what the heck, of course, and then he did the post-fight press conference and media day. And I've seen a lot of people become really big fans of Cameron Worthy even before this fight even happened. I mean, uh, his interview with you where he's talking about, like, Black Wall Street and how training, just just teaching BJJ to police officers isn't the solution, and then him having a lot of fun at the post-fight press conference and saying, I'm not fighting for a title. Like, I'm fighting, like, yeah, that'd be cool, but, like, I'm fighting for my family. I'm, like, he's, he's he admits himself he's, like, what, 33, 34, which is old in this game. Uh, he wants to have these fun performances. He wants to quote Robbie Lawler, Roy McDonald fight, which is just if you're that old, if you're that old, and I for people just listening, I'm doing air quotes because not old, it's old and fighting. If you're calling for fights like that at his age, like uh, God willing, man, like you are on a you, you are on a, on a different spectrum than me. Uh, so Cam Worthy was a big one. Personally, big fan of Yusuf Zalal. Every time I interview him, he 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 has to bring up the fact that he goes, "Oh, you're gonna ask me when we're going to Morocco, aren't you?" Because I always ask him that, uh, and he's always like, "Just say the word, and we'll bring we'll we'll get the UFC octagon there." Obviously, not gonna happen anytime soon. Uh, and then Tanner Bozer was was a like I got a concussion watching that finish just through the television. So you named a lot of them, uh, but Cam Worthy was a big one, and Yusuf Zalal personally stood out to me just because uh, I've interviewed those guys a million times, and Cam Worthy is, has emerged as uh, the people's fighter of this of this fight week. He's always been like that, though. Like he really has. To his post fight, like all the things he said, I've heard him say before. Like after he beat yeah. Devontae Smith, he was like. He goes, listen, I'm 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 old. I ain't gonna be fighting for a title. He goes, yeah, if it happens, great, but I'm not gonna be fighting for a title. Like, and if Kama Worthy's old, I am screwed. So let's let's not even go there. But sure. a great win for him, Yusuf Zalal. The, the, he's only 23 years old. That was a big win over a a veteran in Jordan Griffin who made weight twice in in a two week span. So it was just a great night. A lot to discuss. We we got to pretty much everything ten on this ten fight card tonight, but. At the end of the day, we have a weekend off, Jose. We get a little bit of a break in the action, and then we're on to Fight Island. So how are you going to spend next Saturday now that you don't have to cover any fights? Man, I don't know. It's going to feel weird, especially because I've been on the road. Like, we had Casey Lydon on the scene, and I tell you what, man, I had some serious FOMO. Like, watching his work, like, I'm like, I should be there. And I knew exactly what he was doing. I knew, like, who was going to be there. Like, it felt weird, but I'm glad someone else got to experience it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably not going to look at a screen, TV, computer, phone, or anything like that. I'm probably going to read a nice book in this blistering heat that is Arizona while the coronavirus just sweeps across this state. So, yeah, I have, I don't, I, man, I don't even look past tomorrow. That's, that's my answer. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was hoping like a message would come my way from one of our bosses, be like, hey, Mike, why don't you fly to Vegas? We'll get you to cover that event. And I would have, I would have sure. jumped on a plane. I would have absolutely gone. But, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself either. I actually woke up early this morning and I ran up a mountain and back down a mountain. Look at you, wife. man. 16 miles total. My knees you ran 16 dead. miles? 
eight miles up, eight miles down. That's seven more miles. That's 15 more miles than I can run. <laughs> yeah, I've made it up, and I was like, oh, shit. Crap, this is great. And then all of a sudden, we had to go back down. I'm not, I, I can't even walk up the stairs now. It was a terrible mistake. But well, good thing, good said, thing, good thing your, uh, your kid likes to run downstairs and, and, yes. and, and hop on the camera. Yep, that's right, and he will. So, comma worthy, you are not old at all, my man. You are good to go. Congratulations on the win. But, Jose, any final thoughts on uh, a, a very memorable UFC on ESPN 12 at the Apex before uh, ah. they take a month off from Vegas? Yeah, not even UFC on ESPN 12. Like, the fact that we had all these Apex cards and Jacksonville cards, it's getting, it, it was a historic couple of weeks, and I'm very much looking forward. Now that Dana White teased the Fight Island photo – on Twitter and Instagram and social media. He had the octagon on the beach uh, and he wrote like, this is awesome fight. island!" like, I am so intrigued. So uh, I can't wait for coverage from that. I won't be there. I don't know a hundred percent from our site who's going, but we'll have someone there. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to the month of July. And then maybe in August, you can come out to Las Vegas with me and we'll just dominate the, the cover scene, but let's get through July 1st. Absolutely. So what an event. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It was universally praised on social media. So, Glad you guys all enjoyed it. Now enjoy your week off if uh, Independence Day is on the way as well. So for Jose Youngs, I am Mike Hack, UFC on ESPN 12. The bow is officially on. We'll see ya. Thanks for watching. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.